mean, I don't, I don't even need to count down anymore. We've we've done this so many. No, times. I know. I I thought the podcast started like five minutes ago. Oh yeah, when uh, you were turning off the air conditioner. Yeah, I just had it going. No, I, well, I turned it back on. It just is doing something weird. So if a, as if long a as hum, it... of a quiet hum starts, that's not just the, the excitement in the atmosphere. The, ex- the excitement and the, the buzzing. That yeah, comes it is time, Ted. It is that time of year, and this is our first time doing this. The Australian Open. We haven't done the Australian Open yet. No, no. we haven't because I haven't even been podcasting for a full year it's yet. It's the most unpredictable one. The Australian? Yeah. You think so? Uh, yeah, it's definitely the hardest to predict who's going to win it. I want, why is that? Why? Because it, it, it comes it the right in the, and... At the heat and it comes in the off season. So, True. It's a good fact. So it's the f- the first big, obviously... Like I, people are, I don't even yeah. need to say that the first Grand Slam of the it's year. It's honestly, so. it, it. Let's be real. It's the first tournament of the year. What do you mean? There, there's a couple others, but nobody cares. Sydney, Kuyang, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you've got a, the thing is the issue with those tournaments is they come right before the Grand Slam, and when you've got something so close to a Grand Slam, yeah, they're just warm ups. They're just warm ups. That's yep. the whole idea. I mean. And, and, Oh, we just had something big come on the screen right now. Cause oh, yeah. We've got a little studio going on here. we got the TV going, got Australia Open matches going. We have our, our laptop on. Yeah. It, I mean, not a, it's actually, that's the, the central control system. For, oh, the central for the whole, control? The whole studio, yeah. You guys can't see it, but it's just a holographic. Yeah. It's like Tony Stark, right? Yeah, with replays and multiple Tad's got panels. All his, you've got all your betting odds up, yep, too. Yeah. Wait, does it just display, like, in your eye? You no. Know, I, you got an implant, right? I it's it's in the glasses. It's in the glasses. Yeah, I don't normally wear glasses, but when I'm when I'm doing something that takes <laughs> hard thinking, I put them on. You know, just it's it's the just bandwidth. To look smart. <laughs> look as smart. Well, because as soon as you put glasses on, everybody knows your IQ jumps up. Yeah, that's what Istamin did when he beat uh, Novak. Oh yeah, two he went years deep. Ago. <laughs> he went deep, and uh, that's that that is actually a good example talking about the unpredictability. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we've had and Novak went out early. Uh, a couple of years ago. That was actually one of the things that, I mean, we're jumping right in. We're skipping all of the, the preamble yeah, and everything. Real quick, uh, on a quick note before we go into it, don't lose it. The reason we're not doing that is because we learned that yeah. doing, doing, talking about the whole draw, especially in the first week, is almost impossible. No, people don't, people don't want to hear that. We'll yeah. talk about the draw when it's important. Yeah. Like when Juan is in the tournament. Yeah, when Juan is playing or when uh, <laughs> He's not Dominic playing. is playing. He, Juan's not playing the Australian Open. Oh, he isn't this no, year. No, yeah. So maybe we'll talk about the draw when he's in one. Yeah. But he's, oh, he's, we're not gonna talk he's about taking the draw off four months. Four months? Yeah, which is a little bit sad, but he needed to take it off. I mean. Well, he pushes himself really hard. And also, too, he's had recurring injuries for a really long time. Yeah. So, I mean, I totally understand that if you've got to take four months and miss the Australian one of the hottest times of the year also one of the most difficult tournaments and the easiest tournament i think to take off for people who are trying to recover yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah because it comes right after the off season yeah. so if you miss a tournament here and there it's not a it's not really yeah. too much of a big deal it kind of flies under the radar exactly and you get those two extra weeks of the off season to recover you know because if we that's have anything <laughs> yeah the longest off season that whatever in every sport ever but yeah, yeah. no it's we're going to jump right into it this year i mean We've got to we've got to open up with it. What are we opening up with? Andy Murray. Oh my gosh! It was I, just I on thought the screen. I thought we were going to do something like really like underwhelming and be like we got to open up with preview of Dominic's match. Oh, that's right. Let's talk about Dom. <laughs> Actually, Andy, we'll we'll close off with it now that you've said it. I'm, I I just said it to keep all the viewers no, I on, think, the hook, on the hook. I think we can we can talk about that. I wanted to I wanted to ask. So you, do, if, you do want to go into it? Yeah, but kind first, of indecisive today. I wanted to ask if you think. Because I think that this is interesting. If if Novak is going to win, I I'm kind of on the fence. Now, I if I had to make a pick for the tournament, I would have to pick Novak. That's my pick for the tournament. Yeah. So I, I'm telling you guys right now, my pick for the tournament's Novak. Um, but again, we've said before, Novak is one of these people that. And I think you said it on the podcast. You had described it perfectly. Is that he tries to perfect everything so much. And then he kind of focuses on one little thing, and that's the chink in his armor. Yeah. And coming off the off season, I think one of those things that is really important is your mental capabilities and how strong you are mentally, you know? Yeah. So if he's coming into the tournament with any sort of, oh, I just came off the off season, let's get let's get my feet under me, you know? But but he did perform well the other week, so Well, that's why I wanted to bring up Novak first, because then we can go right into um Novak, who lost, I think the what? What did he? What was he playing? 
not Qatar, right? He uh, lost Doha. Is it Doha? Doha yeah. to um, the same man who beat Andy Murray. I think that he is Skeletor. Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Roberto Batista. Goop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, Are you just, picking him as your dark horse to win the Ocean? No, no, absolutely not. Really? No way. No, he's not good <laughs> enough. But he just looks. Oh, I saw him play. I saw him play live again, not live. I saw him practicing against Juan mm-hmm. this year, and he he looks his like features are even more exaggerated. Yeah, but he just has this like really thin skinned look when mm-hmm. the skull is just obviously there and yeah. reminds you of your mortality whenever you look at it. <laughs> you just look at him, and it's oh, like, I'm, oh gonna, I'm gonna that's die underneath my skin too. <laughs> but for him, it's actually right there. <laughs> it's right there. They just. It, and that's when he what came I would out, say. They just said, "Take the he, skin away." He looks very translucent. Translucent. Yeah, that's that's what it is about him. That's so weird. I don't. You know. You can almost see through him, actually. Yeah, like a gr- like the Grim Reaper is wearing a human costume. Oh, <laughs> oh my. He's just taking he's taking top top ranked tennis player names left and right. No, them yeah, down. exactly. But he and it, he beat obviously he beat Andy this mm-hmm. morning. Yeah, in, early uh, in the morning. Eastern time. Yeah, but actually before. I want to talk. I want to finish Novak. Okay, and I want to talk about how this is the most difficult tournament to watch. I think. Yeah, the most difficult one to watch. The most difficult one to um, for oh me, for me for for you to watch in, in terms of scheduling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a, such a shame because all the matches are so amazing. I love the yeah, love the atmosphere. Let's let's finish Novak though. Okay, um, I'm going to pick him to win the tournament. Uh, the reason I'm picking him too is is he's been kind of on a tear uh, ever since last year. He had. One of the most successful seasons ever, closing out after the biggest drop-off in tennis history. Yeah. So I was glad to see that from him because, again, he's my favorite player. But um, it's also in lieu of I don't really see the other top guys sticking out as much. You know what I mean? Like, I feel – usually I feel that um, uh, when Novak is really dominant, all the other players are really starting to dominate too. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like right now, Rafa, Fed, I feel like they're kind of flying under the radar a little bit for some reason. Um, and that's maybe that's partially because of the Andy Murray announcement that he's going to, that he's going to retire soon, or I don't know, Fed's getting older. It's kind of weird, but yeah, maybe I, so for similar reason or maybe not reason, but because so many people are picking him as the big, uh, the big guy and everyone's picking him this year, which is not usual. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to win. I think he's going to be a big upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm. He'll be in the quarters, but I don't yeah. think that he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna win the. I don't know. I don't have a pick for the tournament. I like this I, is I, a lot of people are saying, a lot of people who are who are very uh, hopeful for the next gen are saying maybe catching off. Yeah, because he it'd did. Be, I think it'd be difficult to make a run at the slam. Just all seven matches. But yeah. If there's any tournament, this is exactly what you're saying, kind of, I think, is that if there's any tournament where there's going to be a breakout slam winner, I feel like this it'll could probably be, be this. Yeah. yeah. It, so I wouldn't be too surprised, actually, if we saw one of those guys get through and finally get one of their first slams. Well, it's not going to be my old pick, Andre, because he lost yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he and in, not to like the most impre- not in the most impressive matchup either. Yeah. He, he lost him to, to uh, Mackie McDonald. Oh, okay. So, and, yeah. and Mackie McDonald's not like he's he's cool. He's fun. He's he's good to watch. I yeah. I saw him play Stan at um, City Open this okay. year, and he was he was actually really. I might have actually seen him play Andy. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not even sure anymore. Mm-hmm. But he was push. He was pushing him pretty hard. Yeah. And no, I think I saw him play Andy, and then he and then he and then he lost. Mm-hmm. Mackie lost, obviously. Andy Andy retired City after Open, that yeah, um, which was one of the last times we really saw him in action after he beat Copel. Yeah, and there is a video of Andy crying. that's circulating where he's crying. And I talked about this on the podcast before, but what's mm-hmm. funny is that in in the original video of that, because I watched that on I watched that later on TV, he was crying in closing time. That song yeah. was playing really <laughs> loudly in the background, yeah. and he was just like crying and. Just and a was, sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a very poignant moment. Yeah. Um, that you don't see in like any other sports, basically. Like obviously yeah. you see people celebrate and you see people like get sad and like you see the Eagles and all their like, mm-hmm. basically the, the whole stadium breaks. looks 
suicidal when they yeah. when they lo- looked like that when they lost yesterday mm-hmm. and that was you 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 don't really get the same kind of like personal vulnerability because yeah. it's it's distributed in in other in, sports in tennis what i like exactly what you're saying because yeah. even in um the only other sport that i could really compare it to is uh uh combat sports combat sports is that yeah. but even still in in tennis there's that moment of loss and yeah. after they lose it's there's no uh the corner can't come out or anything in 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 uh ufc or boxing what happens is there's usually the knockout the ref comes in and you immediately pan to the winner and their reaction and how they're taking it in mm-hmm. and then right after that as soon as the fight is over the the corner is allowed in pretty much once the fight is called people uh they'll within the next minute or so they'll they'll kind of get to their fighter check on him how you doing yeah in tennis you don't you don't have that yeah you, and the thing is that in that Kobel match this is another interesting thing and he was doing all that crying and listening to closing time and mm-hmm. sort of like feeling I obviously it, i wonder if it tugged at his heart i'm sense. sure it did he he was the winner that's why it was yeah. so crazy and mm-hmm. that like at, when i think about it now like i just i was just thinking about it, it was like kind of unique just in general in terms of any Mm-hmm. professional athlete ever like i've never seen or watched someone cry that much when they won yeah. and a it match. was I, i've seen it before in mma and i've Were seen they? it before but usually it's every fight is so important because of the what is behind it and the consequences of it then mm-hmm. that, that, that it makes sense you know what i mean with andy it was just this moment of I've won this match, just a regular first week match, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a big, it was just late. It was hard and it was difficult, but yeah. And I think that he, he was in pain too. So yeah. the, obviously people were seeing it then people were like, Oh, he's going to retire soon. Yeah. And I think actually now that he's starting to talk a little bit more, we're starting to see, uh, when we have 2020, 2020, uh, what is it? The Olympics? No, no, 2020 uh, history, where we can look on, we can look at history with 2020 vision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking uh, back on it, I think we can kind of see the signs that Yeah. he was starting to, he must have been in, in hindsight. serious pain. Yeah, 2020 hindsight, there it is. Yeah. Keep me in check. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he was definitely, uh, obviously, he hasn't come out and said that he's been in, like, oh, it's been so painful to play or yeah. anything. He obviously has been in pain, Yeah, but he... um. I didn't realize that he hasn't even ha- done that hip resurfacing surgery yet. Oh, he hasn't. He hasn't he's even really done that to... yet. So he's he did another surgery, like a, a more mo- a less major surgery, mm-hmm. and that was what caused him to take off all that time. So, do you think that he's gonna he, retire he, retire bef- this year? So I actually the smoothest of transitions ever. Yeah. By the way, I just, yeah, I just want to kind of note that. Oh, um, I know because we went from. Roberto Batista Agut too. Uh, yeah, I know. I liked yeah. it. But um Andy, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. What I think is if we go off what he's saying, I think what we could see is that he doesn't play until Wimbledon. He would obviously get a wild card in and he could retire there if he wanted to. Um, unless he's in so much pain that he could not play, right? There, there's that possibility. But I also think that there is somewhat of a possible, like I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an optimist to the end. Mm-hmm. I think we could see him really just take a step back for a long time. And then I don't know if we ever see him return to form or if he gets this resurfacing hip, uh, this hip resurfacing and then maybe tries to come back. I don't know. But um, it, it did not seem good when he was up on the podium uh, at his interview. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it was it was really well. He looked really post match or, or this or was prior to it. yeah when he announced it. So he he seemed non-committal too. It was yeah. non-committal retirement. He um he I mean it wasn't like obviously it was he as soon as he said the word re- retirement everybody was like whoa mm. and he's and he's dead and mm. like you see like All Nick talking posts. and Nick's like he was my best friend you know like I we love used to Andy. go on roller coasters together and stuff <laughs> we watched movies. Like, watch yeah. movies he taught me a lot of lessons <laughs> yeah like he which was really nice to see obviously because everybody really yeah. likes andy murray and he's like incredibly entertaining to watch and he's, he's he has a great instagram too you, his you, instagram is amazing mm-hmm. 
He's obviously got a great picture. sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. He um He seems like a really down to earth uh off the court. He seems pretty down to down earth. Down to earth and a little bit more um normal. M- well, normal, like self conscious, yeah. like like or self aware than other players. Like Yeah. When he is on the court though. No, obviously when he's on the court yeah. he's completely different. But I think he's still he's yeah. still he, there's still a lot of his personality, yeah. off court personality there. I've always liked that about him too, is that um, it's kind of like Novak, where Novak wears his heart on his sleeve when yeah. he's on the court. I really like that about players that they aren't afraid to be themselves on the court. But Andy seems like he's when he's off the court, he, he's like, "Oh no, that's that's me on the court. When I'm off the court, I'm like I'm here with everything. I'm really respectful. I'm not going to be yeah. dropping a bunch of curse words here or but anything." But apparently, he he's the dirtiest player on tour. That's what the rumors. What's going on in the room? Real everybody's gonna everybody's gonna miss him because he he's the only one who knows the curse words and teaches them to all the other players. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. I could see no. it. But he um he he is like super funny and super entertaining. So mm-hmm. it was it was kind of funny when and also at the same time like a weird mix of incredibly emotional. Like at, in uh, Andy's post 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 match. Yeah. Um, I guess it was, was like it the presser. Or no, was it, it wasn't the presser. It was like a it was like a sequel to the match yesterday. Oh, he posted okay. it up on Instagram Live like an hour after the match ended. He was mm-hmm. still in the stadium, and it was just him breathing heavily in an empty stadium. And he just panned around the stadium crying. Really? Yeah, that, I, that's definitely still up on Instagram. Yeah, I, I hope it, I hope he doesn't delete it. It was it's inc- like the most emotional thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I want to see that, but. I actually really do want to see that now. Yeah. You'll have to show me. I'll make a note of it. But he had some, he's had some really human moments. Yeah. The, uh, the, like, the Wimbledon interviews. Um, and then this here. And then even like you were saying, closing time. Closing time. It, like just a perfect cross of like pop and profound mm-hmm. on TV. That was ridiculous. And yeah. then and like, I think that they, they tune the sound out that song out yeah. afterwards. So like, it's not in most of the video in any of the videos I've found of it because like for copyright reasons or something yeah, like yeah. that, but the song really makes it, you can't yeah. really get the whole it's like a meme. feel. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. totally amazing. Mm-hmm. And that, if you, if, if you were to put that song in the background, that's exactly what it would have been. It would it would not be as real as the song having played. Uh, okay, it, like yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same kind of effect. If it was a meme, it wouldn't mean as much. Yeah, because memes are kind of like sometimes they're yeah they're not they're not as meaningful as like a real moment like that. So yeah, Andy, but Andy was like yeah, and then even in the interview when he was announcing that, and then he was he's yeah. on the verge of tears and he's upset. He he really has so many moments that just I I like it as a player to to look at him and and just I feel like you can kind of get who he is, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's got to be the most accomplished player who hasn't the most accomplished current player who hasn't had, you know, yeah. like more than 10 grand slams. Yeah. Not I, named uh Novak Rafa. Fett. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, I, I just mean like the the other the other yeah. four really eclipse him, but yeah. if you look if you compare prize winnings, yeah. He's not that far behind them. He's like fourth all time or something. He's really consistent uh, outside of the Grand Slams. Yeah. He he always gets really deep into the Grand Slams. Um, Stan might have more than him. I think he has three. They both have three, don't they? They both have three? Yeah, I think they both have three. I think Stan has um, an Australian, a French Open, and a U.S. Open. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, he definitely has a U.S. Open and a French. He's got... And I, and he has he, an Australian for sure. He definitely has, he has an Australian for, yeah. yeah. He so he might have three and then Murray has also I think Wimbledon. Three, two Wimbledons and, and the US, US Open. Open. Okay. Yeah. So three, um, which is, it's kind of crazy to think, but Andy, like you said, he's been really consistent. He, he, I feel like he's always played well, especially at the end of the year and Shanghai and all those mm-hmm. tournaments. So it makes sense to me that he would have really, really good prize winnings. And he made that really good, um, uh, that run to number one. Yeah, he he didn't last really that long at number one, but that that run was kind of the thing that that put him in the situation he's in now. Yeah, they were saying that he put his body through a lot. To, yeah, to actually get get to the point that he's at, mm-hmm. the, and, that he was at back in uh, 2017. Yeah, and um, and he injured injur- himself at 
He's he has he's had knee issues his entire life too. He was born with it. Yeah. So. Mm. And he he had that injury in um at the French Open in 2017. I think that's where it happened. Okay. Or that's where it was exacerbated to the point where he's he's at now. But I think Yeah, what do you think's going to happen to him? I think that him? I want what I well, what I there's what I I guess that what I think and what I want are kind of the same things. Okay. Um I I want him to do the surgery mm-hmm. and take off like a whole year. Yeah. And then come back and try and do that run rather than what he's planning on doing, which, well, not what he's planning on doing, but that's, that's the other option. So he's, he said, there's really two options. I could rest for four months and try and play Wimbledon, or I could do a surgery with no guarantee of ever coming back, but maybe coming back and being able to play until like he's, you know, maybe 35. Yeah. Ooh, that's not a lot of time either. But Well, it's not a lot of time, but it's still... For me, it's still it's better. I think than retiring. It's at, it's better than having a what well, the match that he played uh, this morning uh, yeah, and five, last seven. night was incredible. But mm-hmm. he, like, I don't think that I don't want him to go out and lose to Batista Agu. Batista Agu. Yeah, and I no knock him, on on Skeletor, but and no, no, exactly that he was a. F- a, a ferocious enemy of He-Man. Hopefully, but, he doesn't uh, keep us from getting our press passes. Yeah, <laughs> he no, he no, not. no tennis player is safe on the Lucas and Ted. No uh, breakdown, except for Dominic Team and Novak and Novak <laughs> and Andy <laughs> and um, yeah, Dom, Dominic's definitely safe though. Roger is the only really the one who's going to keep keep this thing buried. Yeah, <laughs> it'll never see the light of day. Yeah, no, he'll uh, he'll pay for everything to, to against it, right? Yeah, that's. I was uh, listening to these uh, YouTube videos. They were joking about LeBron that he pays off some of the uh, some of the uh, what is it? The spokespeople to be like, like oh ESPN. my god, LeBron's amazing. the best. Yeah, like I love LeBron. Yeah, as if LeBron really really cares. That no, much, you know it, what I like, mean. Why, like, he doesn't need to do that. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But oh, on another note, since you mentioned Fed, he also had a very human moment. Which which moment was that? Did you see his interview when they talked about his coach? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw he was he that was so long ago. I did I wasn't aware that he had that kind of history in his career. Mm-hmm. But I did see and he was crying and that was that was um it was I mean, I, he cries a lot. Yeah. He's another one who's kind of like they all all the big players cry a lot. I think that Rafa doesn't might actually cry the least of all of them, and Which I think is he still cries a lot. <laughs> um, he, Rafa's we know like, Juan cries the most. Juan definitely cries. Well, Juan, Andy, they might be tied, mm-hmm. but that's, I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna go Juan, out. Here and, I think Juan does a lot of like extracurricular crying, extracurricular crying, yeah. just to get it out, right? Yeah, he, 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 and it's almost like practice for him at that point. <laughs> I'm gonna cry like this yeah. when I when I win my first slam. When I win second. my second slam, I'm, I'm I'm going to cry like this and I beat Hold Rafa. My in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a good player. Yeah, uh, he's he's like so such a great player to watch but he so he's on a break right now and he's yeah. taking like four months off but andy's saying that this hip resurfacing surgery he kind of wants to watch bob ryan bob ryan had the same had this okay. surgery done and bob ryan's in the middle of rehabbing for it right mm-hmm. now who is so is he a player mike and bob mike and bob oh bob, bob ryan yeah i thought bob you said ryan. bob ryan bob ryan no bob ryan. because I like, I, bob ryan I don't it's know. like barbara yeah bob Bob Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that he had such a serious. Uh, I haven't followed doubles as much, no, to be I, honest. But obviously, I, like I haven't either. But I, that's just what I was reading from Andy. Mm-hmm. But I got really curious because I was thinking, like, what in the world can Andy do other than play tennis? Because I always sort of judge the caliber of a player based off of whether I can imagine them doing something other than playing tennis mm-hmm. that would be near the same level as what they're doing. I think it's a little fun experiment. Too, it is because. You look at these people, and yeah, they might be the best tennis players ever. What, what do you do when you take them out of their out I know, of their like, element? That's why. That's why I think that Dominic is a great champion, and Rafa. They're both great champions because they're so. And Dominic, obviously, he hasn't won that much yet. Mm-hmm. But like, I, the only thing I can imagine doing other than playing tennis is like being like an ice cream guy who like serves ice cream yeah. at a place or something like definitely that. Not. waiter or busboy or something. Yeah. Definitely not a podcaster. No, definitely no way. I mean he <laughs> he does have he does have his YouTube channel, but his YouTube channel is hysterical. It's like, "Hello, this is Dominic Team. <laughs> I uh want to show what practice is like for pro tennis players." Oh my. And he just goes, "Hell." Yeah, yeah, he's and, well, he doesn't 
it doesn't look that hard actually it's like he's hopping up and down staircases and stuff and it's like okay or running and obviously he's doing a lot more than he's just showing yeah. you on there but but maybe nice he just he does that it. to um to put the uh the uh opposition on maybe the, off the office trail maybe maybe he's got some kind of secret stuff that he does but i yeah. think he's pretty open about it it's like today i'm trying on new shoes mm-hmm. to see if the soles fit good this is important for my training yeah. I, I can't i'm not doing it's a good dominic right tennis. now I, <laughs> I i really can only get the impressions good if i hear them do them and then i can imitate it right after you've got to hear it like right away yeah and then i can and like when can you hear nick them. talk nick's a classic one nick is oh nick is incredible he that, that i love a nice little kevin anderson kevin anderson who played and last night actually he did play and he he played he played good he lost uh the second set but he yep. came back mm-hmm. um but nick actually did say that thing about roller coasters like andy Mayer is a great friend of mine we we, we used to go on like roller coasters together and stuff <laughs> It was ridiculous. It was just bizarre. A bizarre he, he thing. He says some of my favorite things. I know. It's it's like it comes out of nowhere. It's yeah. like like I can like just imagine that. It's like Andy Murray. He's a great friend of mine. Like we went bird watching together. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like I went out on a boat with him. And, yeah. Not that far out of it. Like <laughs> like something totally ridiculous. And it's like that's why he's a great friend. We really because... bonded over roller coasters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember I was sitting there next to him. And he was screaming. I was screaming. Yeah. And we looked at each other and we say we're both screaming. It's oh, great. We're bonding. Andy, he's a good friend of mine. We <laughs> watched Lilo and Stitch together one time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the hell? I don't know. He's um. I feel like Andy. I not not to knock on nick i might hurt his feelings here but i feel like andy could get along with almost any single one of the players i think he's been on roller coasters with a lot of the players yes i think so but he was nick was talking about literal roller coasters no i know yeah they, i'm talking they about little, of, yeah i'm talking about literal roller coasters. i think he's been on a roller coaster too with novak or rafa i could see it if any of the top Probably. players and not rafa rafa's t- would be terrified of roller coasters and lightning i do not like I do not like. Coasters, I do not like. <laughs> I play safe. I hit the ball yeah. very hard. I play. It's uh, very good. He um he he's it's gonna be like whatever he does. It's gonna be really sad when he retires because obviously this is mm-hmm. hopefully this is just a preview of how sad everyone's gonna be. Yeah, and it's what's kind of crazy too is he's retiring before Fed, and he's one of yeah. the he's in that generation with Novak, and he's only thirty one. He's only thirty one, and it's a shame. And I think that tennis players' lives uh, playing spans their lifespans of their playing time. I think it's getting longer. Yeah. And I think it's unfortunate because I really do think that I think we'll be seeing, especially Novak, because I think he was the first one to really get on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Rafa obviously had a lot of nagging injuries his whole career, so I don't know how long he'll be around. But I think we'll see Novak much like Fed. He'll be around a long time unless he gets tired of it. Unless yeah. he just gets tired of putting in the hours. But he seems to really just like being on tour. Well, the 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 intensity of like a hip injury apparently it's different than oh, than yeah. any other injuries yeah. that you're going to get because so with this surgery he would Andy would probably if he were to do the surgery and then come back if he ever wants to play at the same level that he mm-hmm. that he's played at in the past he would actually have to probably change his game a lot yeah. because the surgery um, I was reading about it and for the for the for the resurfacing for the hip resurfacing they clip a couple of muscles which makes it but which doesn't actually cause pain but it just affects your reaction function and and function and stuff like that so he would probably still have a little bit of the limp that he has Mm -hmm. and he would have to adjust to having a different kind of forehand than he has maybe he wouldn't be able to hit with as much spin or Mm -hmm. he might not so he would have to what that means is that the rehab and the readjustment to having like basically a a sort of handicap kind of similar yeah. to what Andre Agassi played with his whole life with um Andre had and he used to have to get shots right before matches yeah like exactly shots right yeah mm-hmm. that was in his book yeah. yeah he he um he would he would have to take at least like a year to 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 adjust to that and then mm-hmm. obviously rebuild his ranking and get to the level where he can actually try and play against people who and are and then not even to mention that he would have to be trying to compete against novak who is pretty healthy most of the time except for this elbow injury yeah and novak has never had any really the the reason i say novak is because he's the one that's leading right now amongst yeah. everybody and but it's I, obviously it's not just novak it's novak it's sasha's Zverev, it's karen cash i can't even imagine playing rafa yeah like those are the ones that he are his rivals but yeah. you're right is that all these younger players they yeah and 
yeah, I, I understand that they probably look up to to Andy and what he's done for the sport, and also the players. They um, I, I think that a lot of them actually probably get along better than you you think because I'm sure they hit with each other sometimes. And, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure their managers are in touch and stuff. But these young guys, it doesn't matter, you know. When when you get out there, they're really gonna try. No, they're and, not gonna. Yeah, they're not gonna. Yeah. I mean, there there's there's a there's an element of like maybe one or two of these players would have would have tempered their game down a little bit against yeah Nick or you know I don't know against Andy because he's hurt. But yeah. those are the those are not championship caliber. Roberto Batista yeah. Agut, yeah. right? They're not like Agut was not gonna gonna do anything to make it easy for andy yeah um that's not his style i don't even know if he has a personality i like he i think he probably goes home and eats raw meat that's all he no yeah something like that like he just has like bones in his in his fridge he actually just eats bone marrow like he just 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 gnaws on the bones and raw yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 he I sniffs don't. it out. It's just, it's just the impression that he gives. I, I actually like, like hating on him so much makes me like him more. That's just like a thing that happens. Sometimes I think with people. I think it happens with all the players because yeah. I can sit here and roast every player. Yeah, and then like them more afterwards. Like, oh, I'm glad I got that out about Sasha Zverev. The podcast has actually made me like players more. Yeah, because I've been spending a lot more time watching tennis because yeah, and realizing podcast... that these people are all basically children. But they're just really good at something. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably surprising because they've only done this. Yeah. It, it would probably be a surprising number of them that if you really like got to know them, that other aspects, I don't know how well rounded, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of exactly. what you were saying before with Rafa where there, I can't really see him do anything else but tennis, right? No. Yeah. That, that, or Rafa, what would, what? What in the world would Rafa do if he didn't do tennis? I think that probably, Soccer. probably Rafa, or or a, a professional sport. Yeah, it's not fun to be like, oh, he'd just be a soccer player. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> would, he would be like a guy who drives people around on the back of a Segway. Um, if but he's too afraid and gives of them like a tour. Yeah, he's, he's too, too afraid. afraid. Of or scoot a scooter. He would have like a Vespa and stuff like that, and he would run errands. He'd be like a grocery delivery boy or something. The I hot could see local him in a Vespa. grocery grocery oh delivery boy. God. Yeah, the Cougars <laughs> love it. They love it. That's they definitely call it because in uh, Mallorca. Yeah, Mallorca. How big Mallorca. is Mallorca? Uh, it's I think it's pretty small. I think it's got like a population of like. 30,000 or something, but I'm not going to give people bad facts like that. Yeah. In my hometown of Mallorca, I uh, I get calls for Vespa deliveries by pizza to all the cougars. Yeah. And they're he all goes really there happy. and he, he's totally oblivious to their intentions. You know, all they, all those moms, they definitely uh, are going, you want to call on Tuesdays and Thursdays and you want to call between the hours of, let's say, yeah. 10 <laughs> to 5 because you know Rafa will be delivering and it's going to look great. Exactly. My, what's, what's the population? Oh, um, okay. So, the population of Mallorca is is I was a little bit off, eight hundred and fifty nine thousand. Okay, never mind. A lot more than. But I don't. I don't know. There's actually five islands. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just say that it's small enough that everybody knows who he is when he's the Vespa delivery boy because it works for the joke. <laughs> It's it's definitely better like that. I like I, there, that story I mean, there's better. like the municipalities and stuff that have like forty people per kilometer. Okay, that's there's, that's Rafa's. We're just yeah. gonna say that. We're just gonna say that because that makes it easier, right? I mean, and it's you, easier you, to get around on a Vespa because it's rocky and there's mm-hmm. a lot of like dirt roads yeah. and stuff. And he also doesn't have a license in this yeah. scenario. You might have to get your facts straight, but I'll just keep going, right? No. <laughs> it's your job to correct me when I go too down deep. But that's down the what, rabbit that's, hole. that's basically what like I would imagine he yeah. he does. He does. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be able to go and work in an office building. Yeah, he just mm-hmm. he doesn't have that kind of like personality, personality or. Yeah, it just doesn't it's, make sense. It's either got to be he he couldn't go and be like a a stockbroker or something like that. He's <laughs> not like what what in the world would he try? He wouldn't be able to understand it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But that's me thinking about him now. Like if you took yeah. Rafa, the developed super elite athlete, like the best at what he does ever, and then put him in a child's body and say, <laughs> decide what you want to do and it can't be tennis <laughs> is he allowed to be super jacked in this story or no well he's a child so oh he's a ch- that's weird oh, oh, <laughs> yeah okay yeah he's he's not like no a later Hercules. on he looks just like he does but he's he rides a vespa <laughs> that weighs like half of what he weighs and we just actually honey just shrunk the kids yeah we just did that he's still an adult but he's, he's the size of a smaller. child <laughs> 
All right. We got to get into these matches. Oh, we, well, okay. Let's or do talk about Dimitrov. Dimitrov, he won in straights, right? Yeah. You know where he lives now? Where? In Las Vegas. That with was, Andre Agassi and really? Steffi Graf. Apparently, he stayed with them for a while and trained for, the, for training for the Australian Open. I could see that being good for him. I think I like Andre. I think that he seems to really try and think about all the aspects of his life and try and kind of get it together. Because it seemed yeah. like he, sh- he, he really was in his book. It was open, right? It was called open. Open, yeah. He, he was very open. He talked about all his struggles. He seems to be aware of where he where he has his faults and what he can, if, if the book is any indication. I, I know that the book doesn't need, um, like, a plug on yeah. the podcast, but Go read that's got to be the best, like, sports biography ever written. It's the best tennis one by far, by miles yeah. and miles and miles. Uh, I read a couple others, but his is a really good. Yeah. It's really good. No, no, he holds nothing back. He talks about all his insecurities, like yeah, his hair and stuff. Totally incredible book. Yeah. Um, he, Maybe that's really why good. Dimitrov did it, because he shaved his head. Well, Dimitrov is balding pretty, pretty, pretty quickly Sig- and yeah. severely, and he's not taking Rafa's approach to that. Rafa's obviously still losing that war. Um, <laughs> it's like he's it's, got every he's got every man on the front, but no, I, he like I you you can kind of see his hair comes in and out like a tide. Yeah, yeah, like when it's he like, really gets his plugs right. And- yeah, I, they, they're, whatever they're doing, it's like so futile and he i'm sure he goes back to these doctors and he's like fix it and they're like we can't fix it Robert. it goes away there's nothing we can do and then he's like fix it just give me hair he just doesn't say anything else he just shows up and goes fix it yeah. <laughs> i can just see rafa doing and that. the doctors are like oh their yeah. eyes just like what the, f- what the fuck do we do and this guy is like gonna kill us if we yeah. don't fix his hair and they can't so he 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 know they know it's futile yeah but rafa doesn't understand that yeah he we've seen him do that in tennis before it's the same way he fights against everything yeah he just he throws the same thing at it every I, single time i think that if rafa was fishing and like a line broke and that he thought there was something on the end of the line he would dive in after that <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is like a shark or something if he treasured that line enough. no he, he, the or line the, the, the line break he just wants to catch it he wants yeah. to win yeah i could see that but it might not just be fed that never lets this podcast get out it might be rafa too because we're rafa rafa is like such a sweetheart and stuff yeah, don't um, worry we love i know you him too. personally yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but dimitrov let's get back to dimitrov because i would like to see him at least live up to some of what he was proposed to be when he was coming back he was the, or when he was coming up you know and there was definitely a period of time recently where he was struggling and definitely wasn't performing well. Yeah. And I don't know if it is. Maybe he's just going to be one of those players that has waves of good seasons. A Ferrer. Yeah, Ferrer's a good exa- a really good example. He eventually got to the French Open final. Yeah. Uh, he never really won anything super big, but he was there every season. And some seasons he did better and some seasons he didn't. Yeah. And at, honestly, at this point, it's it's starting to look like Unless he really turns it around or, or really, I again, I'm not saying that he's like struggling. Like we don't know what's happening, right? But uh, I mean, let me just call him up real quick and figure out. But no, exactly. Yeah. I I don't know what what Dimitrov's whole like, his like m- I don't know and, if Dimitrov just like capped and he just wasn't as good as mm-hmm. as people expected him to be. Yeah. But I think that he got he got caught in that generation of players that um that Juan is like the the oldest of yeah. and Dimitrov. There's a lot of expectations maybe, of that generation too. Maybe not Dimitrov. Maybe like Dominic is the youngest one of those players. Right where, at the right at the end of on the borderline of next gen. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the upper the upper edge of it. We're gonna call them the mid gen. Yeah, they, where they were like they were you know they they were playing they started their careers in a period where the the big four were so dominant that they couldn't win anything really. Yeah. And, and there was a lot of expectations for them to break through, and, they, and they, no one did. They just couldn't, they, like because the, the the those players were so much better. And then there's like obviously this isn't completely the case because uh, the like Rafa, Roger, and 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 Novak and Andy they still had to deliver, but they get a little bit of an advantage to winning you know mm-hmm. so the more you win i think the easier it is to win yeah and it's like, definitely a practice it's, it's definitely the it's more not, you win it the more it easily it comes the confidence and yeah so w- when you go up against these guys who and like by the time that dominic was on the scene if dominic really is at the 
the youngest of this mid-gen of players, mm-hmm. um, Roger had like 14 grand slams already. So it's like yeah, it, 14 grand slams and let's let, no, and we don't and even have to like, go into it, but like specifically, but I bet you, if you looked at those records, how dejecting is that too? Yeah, to exactly. try and break through that. Some of their records are probably, I they're think insane. like something like Burditch is kind of in that area. Burditch is in the area. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like Brownich. It's stupid. There is no way. Uh, there's no way that people are gonna like a, a young player coming up is gonna be like, oh wow, I can compete with these guys. And th- there has to be you. And you might think that for a while, but once you do it two or three times and you really play them, yeah, then it's just it, and it's exactly what we saw every single time. It's a slippery slope where they just can't break through. Yeah, yeah. that's how good they were, and it was unbelievable. I know, I know, and 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 so with. The next gen now, when everyone's like, "Oh, the next gen, the next gen," they're, yeah. like, they're really talking about like five really good players: yeah, Alex Dinor, Zverev, Tsitsipas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like they wrote the cast rotates a little bit. Like sometimes yeah. like, Tsitsipas is pretty recent. Alex obviously is pretty recent to that. There was a couple. Pl- I feel like Nick was kind of bunched in there for a second. Korich, yeah, Kachanov. Nick is Nick is a little bit older than he's them. a little bit older, but I yeah. think there was a lot of conversations around him when everyone was yeah. coming up that he was kind of in that group. Maybe not yeah. from the age, but he was. He kind of burst on the scene really fast. I feel like, um, yeah, because. I don't know if it's I, I have a bias to just watching most of the top players and really what they do, but I felt like he kind of came up really quick. So there was a time where he was kind of discussed in there, or I don't know if that was just his kind of his come up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He um he definitely he definitely is a uh, amazing player to watch, and and I, I actually always think Nick's kind of like a dark horse. I we we've talked about this before. Is that I think. He has the opportunity and the skill set, the athleticism, all of that. He he has everything he needs. It's just, can he put it together for seven straight matches? Can he really sit down and focus? Yeah. Um, I think with, I think everyone would agree that with him, it's a it's a mental thing. Yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He just like plays out of his mind, trees like crazy, and then and then just then just loses to Tomic by uh... in like a really stupid way, or tanks <laughs> or whatever, and takes like great players to. Mm-hmm. To tie breaks, like Roger, he he almost every single match they've played until their most recent match. Yep, I think he took Cup. every set they played to a tie break mm-hmm. and never beat him or something like that, or maybe yeah. beat him once. Um, that's another. That's kind of another little microcosm there of what we were talking yeah. about before. Is that Nick Curious was close every single match? Yeah, exactly. Every set and until the most recent one, where obviously he had like a brain thing happen, and he just like, oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah. But he serves his service is insane. He's, he he people don't people his don't talk about the fact ridiculous. that his forehand is ridiculous. I watch Nick Curious matches because he actually serves like he's like six foot eleven. He and serves makes it huge. interesting. Yeah. He his second serve is over one hundred thirty miles an hour most of the time. It's mm-hmm. crazy. He was averaging 130 miles an hour with his second serve in a match that I was watching. Yeah. And his first serve was hitting like 140 miles an hour mm-hmm. at these crazy wide angles. Yeah. I, I'm, he actually makes it a little interesting. Most players who just serve like that, like Riley Opelka, he beat John Isner yesterday. Okay. I wanted to talk about that too because Go yes, right into that because we got to talk about the matches at some point. <laughs> I know. Um I guess that when you're John Ins- John Isner and you see someone taller than you, you get a little bit scared. Or like, you, <laughs> he, sh- I, he, sh- he was shaking in his boots. He was like, "Oh, what? like just confused." You can't. You, I keep on forgetting that we're not on TV. I'm so used to being on broadcast. Yeah. But, so you guys can't see my eyes, but <laughs> I did Isner confused eyes. Yeah. Isner is is one player that no matter how much I hate on him, it's hard for me to like him. Yeah. Like it's you've never been an Isner fan. No, I've never been a really big Isner fan because. I just think he's like so boring. So I was pretty excited. Um, I'm kind of with you on the. I, I as a as a person, I like don't know anything about him yeah. really. But there's partially a reason to that, and it's the same thing with Ivo Karlovic. Is that the games they play? It's kind of boring. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's serve and it gets the job done. It's what they have to do, and I, like I have no issue with that. But as a spectator, it's not what we come to the couch for. And that's not even it. It's if you want to just talk about like sheer. I know that there were people who would who would rightly accuse me of like talking without knowing what I'm talking about. But if you want to just talk <laughs> about, 
if you want to actually they're showing the the Isner yeah. and Opelka match yeah. right now. But well, well when you're self-aware that you're just talking and talking and yeah, you might and not know what you're talking about, you can but, just keep going. Well, what I was going to say is is that like if you're just this is thinking about angle. the 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 aesthetic of the sport and like what what the best way to play is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not beating like really good players. It's only every now and then that they do. They and they when they do, it's not in a really interesting way. They don't, you know, go out and play like these cr- crazy. That's what we talked about at Wimbledon. That Anderson Isner match. Exactly, and Anderson's actually an interesting player. No, and Anderson's actually a very interesting player. I was, I, I know, I talked to him before about being the most beta player on tour, but um, no, I, <laughs> I know you were jealous of my friendship with him. I, I have a picture with him on on the fridge. He doesn't even record a podcast with you, though, Ted. I know, I know. <laughs> How dare you? Well, it was you were the one who was jealous. I wasn't trying to make you jealous or anything. <laughs> I, I sit down here and we put in hours of work, Ted. I know, I know. Was, and you you just dumped me for the first pro tennis player that you see. And, and he, you dumped Kevin, me for Kevin Anderson. Kevin, Kevin was like, "Oh, you got to get off that podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I heard you talking about me on that podcast, uh, how I lost at Wimbledon. Yeah, and and I, I said, I'm sorry. I, the first thing I said to Kevin Anderson was... Um, I'm sorry for everything Lucas has said about you. I said, I never said anything bad about you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. No matter what people say. <laughs> Real quick, before we uh, talk about some of that, uh, the rest of those matches, I have an alpha of the day. Oh, who? Skeletor. Oh, yeah. You know why? You know why? Because he beat Andy, even well, he, though no this, one wanted to, and this is he what happened. Felt guilty. Yeah, this is what exactly what happened. He was he's playing Andy. Everyone's making all this hype about Andy retiring. Hopefully, he gets through. And Batista Goo said, "Let me let me eat that for breakfast." Yeah, and let me just let me take this to five sets and win it. Exactly, and that's an alpha move. It it is an alpha move. Let me dash um, your hopes and dreams right here across the court, and then you can stand in here by yourself with nobody in the crowd taking an Instagram live video. I know. That's pretty he, alpha. He he has no feelings, is what I decided after Skeletor watching that. Skeletor never had no feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're just translucent bone. It's no, he's it's the skin that's translucent. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. bone is. is oh, it's definitely it's, oh, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely there. And he's got like his eyes. His eyes don't look like eyes. They look like um, <laughs> Dude, they're like him. lapis you're lazuli, <laughs> like gemstones that just like could shoot laser beams if you flipped the switch on his back. <laughs> We're definitely not getting a press pass. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, he that that's my alpha of the day. Do you have anyone do you have anyone to top it? No. It's like I don't know it it wasn't just I mean, he he's never won a set against Andy before or something mm-hmm. like that, but I wouldn't call him an alpha of the day. I would call him more of like like what what I would say about that is to everybody listening and to everybody in the world, if anybody brought this up, I would say that sometimes the bad guys win. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Skeletor wins. Yes, sometimes the villains just win. Yeah, and it's sad. Oh, have you seen a? Uh, have you watched any of the Captain America movies? No, I, the Hydra guy. I like if you took that, his no. nose off, it it just looks like you can. Um, pull, you should pull him up. Okay, I, you should pull him up in a second. But uh, I could totally see the comparison there. But um, yeah, no, it's it's just a shame that. He had to go if he does retire and everything. That he goes out like that. But was there any uh, any other big matches? Uh, Burdich is the one I wanted to talk about because he uh, he is somewhat of a dark horse for me. He, especially he after bageled he, Edmund. Yep, and Edmund was one of those players too. He's had a couple of successes recently, like within the past year or so. With, with tennis, it's all. Um, I think people relative, people but. over. He's a little bit overrated. He's not like Cam Nori, who's serially underrated. Mm-hmm. Even though he lost to Fritz, but he beat Fritz uh, a little while ago. And you're a big Fritz fan too. Yeah, Fritz is still in it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. Yeah, Fritz made it. Fritz Fritz has made equal equal or deeper runs than Sasha Zverev at Grand Slams. He's yeah. not. He and he's not. His ranking obviously doesn't reflect that. And he's mm-hmm. younger, but he's he's a really good player. I mean, where it really matters too is the slams. And he, if we see these players be really consistent and get deep in slams, that's kind of one of the most important things i know dominic does really he's been doing well and dominic is good at grand slams but yeah. bad at everything else yeah which honestly i'll take that i'll take that all day yeah yeah was there any other big matches though like we said it's it's kind of hard to go in deep but most of the people that you thought were going to win one was there any big upsets or anything there there, yeah. there were no big upsets yeah. and mm-hmm. like you know the biggest tomorrow slump was, the biggest or, slump was anderson's bump at the like one of the biggest um was his slump in the second set really yeah there wasn't much to talk that's that's why we opted out of doing the whole draw 
No, well, because it's they, it's they, really it's not worth it. It's uneventful. Mm-hmm. We did the draw too because I had predicted the draw, mm-hmm. so I'll take some responsibility for doing for putting us through that. No, it I was, liked it. I liked it. It was fun to do it, but obviously tedious to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, unless somebody was doing their own draw. Yeah. But because I was pred- I was trying to predict the the winner and I was I think I was right about the mm-hmm. the finalists, but I was wrong about who who the You picked the matches. Juan, right? Yeah, yeah, I picked Juan and, and I think I picked Juan. I think I picked Juan and Novak. Yeah. I think I was Ooh. I was looking at it and Mhm. This is one thing I want to say too, real quick. Is um actually it might not be real quick. You go first. Oh uh, well, I was going to say that it's hard. It's it can be really hard to predict in tennis. I was reading um betting odds for mm-hmm. the Australian Open quarters to see who's the most likely upset. And like I said earlier, I think that Novak is the most likely upset. But mm-hmm. and then that was that one at the U.S. Open last year where you were talking about is that that guy bet on uh, Milman Milman beating Fed. Millman beating Fed, and there's been some huge, hu- huge betting wins for like, for some some people have won a lot of money. Like when John Isner won the Miami Open, the odds were a hundred and a hundred. Like uh, you could make one one dollar when you a hundred dollars, so it was yeah. one to a hundred, mm-hmm. or a hundred to a hundred to one odds for Isner. Yeah, like that's crazy. That's ridiculous because he's still a pro player. But whoever he was, I forget who he was playing against when he won Miami Open. He was probably must have been against Roger or someone. Yeah. Um, there were some good odds for this too, but the the predicting the way that the the way that these odd pickers and this is what's more interesting because I'm not betting on um, yeah. anything. This slam, I need to do a little bit more like research into it. Yeah, the way that they do the odds, or the way that they call the odds, is based around like the weather and the player's fitness and all these different things. And I was just seeing immediately that it's so hard to predict the Australian yeah. Open in summer because summer is it's the hottest time of year the hottest and the most the the most uncomfortable time of year and the temperature fluctuates a lot yeah. so like nobody's going to complain about an 80 degree day but in it's 80 degrees in the morning and it's 112 degrees by yeah. 4 and it's this yeah. is like one of the most grueling tournaments it's not yeah. grueling like the French Open is cuz it's long and you're playing on the clay and you have long rallies this is just grueling physically yeah. the heat is there the the tournament itself is hot it's it's just hot all the time and it's difficult yeah you know? i can't even imagine you just feel like you're cooking on the court so but uh, yeah. this this is this is what i wanted to to see mm-hmm. so this guy called basilishvili winning sasha zverev's quarter yeah so we'll see yeah. if that happens he thinks that basilishvili is is could could cause an upset oh does he so he went through and like looked at all these he things. looked at all the player all the players that he wanted well basically the way that you would look at it is you would look at the odds to win a quarter yeah and, and, and then you pick, pick based off of mm-hmm. whose numbers are the most promising and who's who has a promising record okay and then you do further investigation to that like gofan isn't isn't great because gofan plays badly in mm-hmm. in warm climates um, Sitsipas is he not great. The US Open Sitsipas is bad in, in warm climates too, mm-hmm. so he's probably not going to get as far as people are expecting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Novak. N- well, Novak is Novak. The idea that Novak's prime for upset has to do with his past performance, and also yeah. he does things like like this, where he goes out and he makes these really dramatic videos of himself. Yeah. But we have the confidence, and then you, he dear loses, friend. and then he loses the next match after he did the same thing. In um, he it, it, that is a really confident type of thing. I know it's confident, but he yeah. does he he like what what we're talking about is Novak posted this bizarre video of himself like just dancing in sprinklers. I love Novak, but and I I wouldn't be making posts like that. He did, he did another <laughs> one before. Um, I forget what tournament it was. It was a Masters, and he he was like meditating or something like that mm-hmm. outside in the morning, and then he lost like in right straight away. sets or something. And it was like it was like a streak killer. Like he was on like a twenty match win streak or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't make the connection between these things. He, but he just needs to. Maybe it's just the Instagram posts. It or is. Twitter. I, I believe that 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 that's what it is. There, there's some kind of supernatural connection between showing a lot of confidence on yeah. Instagram well, before. Maybe maybe what is happening is that he is so confident and he's like i'm gonna post on instagram today yeah. about how confident i am and then you know and then this is too confident you know it's too confident yeah i don't know i i 
that's one of the things that like bothers me about Novak, but I don't hate him for it. It's just yeah. it's just funny that he that he that he does these like weird videos. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Embarrassing mm-hmm. himself. <laughs> I would I would he's be trying them... to humanize himself, but it's doing the opposite. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that because I I I feel like I'm a pretty down to earth person. Yeah. Except when I'm roasting players on this podcast, right? No, we the, the whole the whole thing that we have to do here is be like, oh, we know more than the, yeah. the experts. We're not we are the experts. The no, experts the, the experts, experts listen. They're based off us. Yeah, they're listening to this and they're they're like, oh, I've got to take these picks. Never to go with Lucas and Tad here. We don't we don't refer to anyone who we get our information from by name because yeah. whenever we're talking about something that someone else said, it's actually just stuff we said before. Yeah, exactly. Earlier. It just all comes around. You know, it all comes around. Uh, you should cut that out. That's not that. That one wasn't very good. It's not coming out. No, <laughs> you know it's not coming out. That one definitely didn't land. Um, <laughs> well, you know you got to take a lot of shots in the dark. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so tonight we have the match that I'm gonna stay up until four a.m. to watch because that's what happens. No. Oh yeah, were... this this tournament is the hardest for me to watch because I'm really dedicated with sleep and stuff, but I love watching the night matches at the Australian Open. It's just hard because it's only, it's literally exactly the opposite time. We get some matches during the day, which are at like seven, which is not yeah. a terribly great time. Like I can sit down, I'll watch a couple matches, but then you've got all these amazing matches that happen at 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. Yeah, like 2 to 4. And then especially when you get into the semis and the quarters and you start having five set matches against some of the best players and you wake, I've had times so many times where I've just woken up at five and I've been like, oh, Stan and Novak are in the fifth set. Yeah. Better just stay up and watch this. You have to watch it. It's it's like, mm-hmm. but obviously, like, it's bad for you because you, you're careful about how you sleep. Yeah. I don't have any schedule that I stick to. I have mm-hmm. never had a bedtime. Yeah. No one could force me to have one when yeah. I was a kid. Well, my parents bedtime, still, they, they force me to go to bed. They, do they? It's dinner time, like, you know. Come on. Yeah. Get in bed, Lucas. Bedtime. That one might no, I'm either. sorry. <laughs> I mean, By the that, way, that's I'm, good. It's good to have sh- strong habits. Yeah, strong habits is good. Um, you know, our life is all habits. I know. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. But um, yeah, it's just one of the most difficult ones for me to watch. But it, it is one of my favorite tournaments, which is a shame. That's just one thing I wanted to say. And also, Australia or the Open, whoever runs their commercials, bring back the commercial from five years ago. I forget what it was called. All I know, it was the, you know how they do the Sydney, Melbourne commercials where it's kind of like tourist advertising. You need to, you need to describe what happened in this commercial. More okay. Than... So it's, um, it's a song by Holly Throbsey and they, all I remember is the song. It's a really, rela- it's a really chill song. I forget what it's called. Oh my I want to, I want to know when you're gone or something like that. And they were playing the song over this ad, right? So the song is going, it's really great. It's an awesome ad. They opted to ditch that a couple years later for a poem and an awful commercial. Oh my gosh. I'll have to. Oh, I remember that. I I remember the the poem one. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the song one. The song one is way better. I'll send it to you later. I'll, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the description if I can find it of this, of this podcast. But okay, that, that was fire. This this new one. Nah, none of them are good. And they haven't been good. You know, I, I was just inspired to make a prediction. Okay, make a prediction. Let's close off on this prediction. With a prediction? With a winning been, prediction? Yeah, winning prediction. Do do I have to do a, like a like a final prediction? Or do it, can I just do a winning prediction? You can do a winning prediction because we're going to be back Rematch. here Rematch. Oh, yeah, we, we are going to be back tomorrow. <laughs> Rematch of 2011 Australian Open for the final. But this time, Rafa's going to win. Ooh, I like it. All right. I don't have anything like that. They're not me. in the same side of the draw, are they? I hope not. Because then, then, then I'm going to look really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We, we went on a good time. No, we were, right. this was good. Yeah. This is a good opening. That was the first day. We're going to be back with you guys. Again, like we said, not much happens these first week except for a couple upsets. And then next yeah. week, we really get to go delve in and deep. We get yeah. to watch it, too, because yeah. like this isn't on during the day. I don't have to go to do work and yeah. miss this. There you go. I can stay up all night and watch this and then skip work. <laughs> <laughs> skip work and then come back and do your actual work, yeah, which exactly. is podcasting. All okay. right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait for the rest of these two weeks, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Love you guys. Anything. See you guys later. Watch it. Watch it. Um, watch, the, watch, watch the tennis. 
nothing else. That's all. That is. <laughs> all right, guys. Do whatever thank you're you. doing that's that's not like like hanging out and watching tennis and have it have a drink. That that's what we do now. Yeah, that's um, just everything that we do. Lucas watches me have a drink when I when we do the podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. and I get to make crazy crazy assumptions about what's going to happen. Yeah, about so, people, about their personalities, about, about their personality. game. Well, w- when you see Novak and Novak and Rafa playing, then yeah. then you can call them crazy. All right, okay. there we go. <laughs> All right, on that. Thank you, guys. We will see you these next two weeks. All right, bye. Love you guys. Bye.